0: Sensei, what is the best block I can learn? The best block? That's easy. Don't be there. Welcome to today's process. Be mobile. Stand up, push forward, let's light the lantern. How does the husband entrepreneur escape the understory while still having a marriage that not just survives but thrives in an environment where modern business is under attack? The fog of the understory covers everything, and we are surrounded by monsters and bandits. My name is Wade Skalski, the understory lawyer, and we will face them together as we build the classic American business. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, husband entrepreneurs? Those of you who are in the understory against your will and those of you who are in the understory on purpose, Wade Skalski here. The understory lawyer. So, still a little plain a little sick today. Still playing, a little hurt. But uh, you're just gonna have to deal with it because I'm here every day for you. So, when I was in high school, I actually started martial arts in the eighth grade. Um, we moved to Arizona from North Dakota uh, for eighth grade, and uh, because I was getting my, I wish I was, I wish I could say that I was like. I got, I got in a lot of scraps when I was in North Dakota, but mostly cause I was just like, I found some way to be extremely weak, even though I was taller than everybody else. It was like really weird. And so um, there are always a bunch of kids around trying to test my metal. I think like, I think I got like in like 33 fights, my seventh grade year. And I went zero for 33. It wasn't, I wasn't starting these fights. I was, I was, let's just say, let's just say that uh, I, I, I was the attention of the more aggressive males of the group. (laughs) There were only a couple of them, but they like to scrap a lot. So I tell this to you not as a, oh, oh, oh," but as a, just as a background for when I got to Arizona, you would think that I would be like, I would like to learn to defend myself. Right. And, and so, um, that I would have started karate, but I didn't do that. I would just was, was happy that, uh, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't constantly worried about getting in scraps because Arizona was a lot more laid back than North Dakota. It was really, well, there were a lot more kids. And so nobody ever really, nobody ever really gave me any kind of problem at all in Arizona. And um, like the one time that somebody got in my face, I was like, all right, I guess this, I I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to have to fight now. And I like actually like physically assaulted the person. And then everybody was like, like flabbergasted. They were like, Oh my God. And I was like, what this is, this is he's, he, he He said the magical words, which means that we're about to fight. That's at least that's how it is in North Dakota. That's not like that in Arizona. No, it was not like that in Arizona. So. After that one experience, um, I got kind of in sort of a little bit in trouble and then nobody ever really did anything ever again. And I didn't like win or anything. I just like pushed the guy. It was, it literally, it wasn't even a fight. It was like, somebody was like, you want to go? And I was like, I guess we're going. And I pushed the guy and was getting ready to go. And then everyone was like, Oh my God, Wade is ready to go. And, uh, you know, but, but my, it wasn't a, I was going to, I was going to get into a fight with him and then win. it was like, okay, here's where I pushed the guy, pushed the guy. And then I get my butt kicks. but the, the butt kick part didn't happen. So, <laughs> so my, anyways, so that was a lucky thing about Arizona, at least in Tucson where I was. And, um, so the, uh, but my brother's friend, Rick, Rick, um, was in martial arts. And so he, he, he got Todd. he said, Todd, why don't you do martial arts? And then Todd said to me, He said, like, why don't you do martial arts? And I said, that's a good idea. So then we started in the eighth grade. And then as time progressed, we became instructors and, uh, my martial arts, I took three or four different martial arts over the period of like, I don't know, nine years, somewhere in there. So maybe less, like I would say, well, until law school. So yeah. So high school, uh, eighth grade, one year, high school, four years, college, four years, that's nine years. And then uh, a little bit first year of law school in DC um, in a really sweaty, small room above some building with a really weird dude. Um, that was the last one. And, uh, but that's where I learned how to count. Ichi, ni, san, chi. Oko, roko, I don't know. Something like that. Anyways, whatever. Um, that's how I learned. how. Is that Japanese? I don't even remember what language it is. Anyways, here's my point. I was involved in martial arts for a while. And I remember very distinctly this lesson I had once with my sensei and sensei is just a term of someone who's gone before. Right. And he he was like, all right, wait. He's like, I want you to hit me. I was like, OK, cool. So he was, and I think, was I an instructor at this time? I might've been an instructor. I don't know. I was, I was a little ways along. I was along the ways. Right. And, uh, and he, he's like, okay. So he's like, hit me. And, but he was, he was like eight feet away from me. And I was like, well, I can't hit you. I'm like eight feet away from me. He's like, all right. So what I want you to do is I want you to tell me to stop when you think that you can hit me. Right. And so he's, he starts walking towards me, walking towards me, walking towards me. Walking towards me and, like, and then he gets to kind of the point where I can hit him because I have like freakishly long arms. I have really long arms, 37 and a half inch long arms. So I have to special order my dress shirts because nobody makes 38 inch long shirts, just so you know, off the rack. If you go into any men's store right now and I defy you to find sleeves that are 38 inches long, right? So anyway, so he stops pretty far away and he's like, he's like okay, put out your hand or your foot or whatever. I have long legs too. And so and he's like, okay, cool. He's like, anything outside of this point, you never have to worry about. And it's like such a simple, it's like such a simple, you know, it's like such a simple lesson. Right. But I I, I realized that I was like, well, if I can just keep somebody away from me at this, you know, to this range, or like just past this range of whatever this range is for them. Right. And since I'm I'm six four and a half, nobody has longer arms than me, and nobody has longer legs than me. So so no one, I never have to worry about anything outside that sphere. Okay, because I just that's the safe zone. And once I realized that, um, I I was like, oh okay. So it just it I always remember that. And the the thing is is that. If you can be mobile in martial arts and you can just keep people out of, you know, within your reach and out of their reach, because if I have longer arms and longer legs than everyone else and I can I can hit them by still remaining outside of their reach, why in God's name would I just stand right next to you and trade punches with you? Right. Like, why would I do that? So my brother, he's, he's like two inches shorter than me. He, he is, he, he is more static when he fights, he just kind of will sit there and he will just, it's like the, uh, the rock and sock em robots with him. He will, he will stick within your range and he will just trade punches with you. And he will just, he will lay so much damage on you that he will just bet that he can put more, he can absorb more and put more damage on you, um, than you can do to him. And he's, he's right almost all the time, <laughs> my brother. He has a built-in genetic advantage, though, where he has red hair. And I did not know this until recently, and it, it explains a lot. People who have red hair genetically, on average, um, I don't know if they feel less pain or they can endure more pain, but there's something like that. Like they can, they feel less pain. So if you hit me square in the face with, you know, so X number of pounds of force, and then it will register X units of pain. If you hit my brother in the face with the same level of points, pounds of force, it will register less pain. So obviously he's, it makes it, you know, he can absorb more before his will shuts down. Okay. And, that's an unfair advantage when him and I would fight all the time when we were kids and in martial arts, just we'd always fight. And I was always, always be fuddles like, God, Todd is so tough. Like I just lay, I just lay punishment on him. And he just kind of shrug, he's just like, just like shrugs it off. He's like, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. There's funny stories about him and that, like, I don't know, whatever. That's a podcast for a different time, but. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is that I didn't really like getting hit in the face very much. I, I, I just didn't like experiencing that level of, of uh, sitting there and rocking and I was talking with you. So what I did was is I adopted a fighting style of, you know, Todd was more of like, I would say Todd was, he was always, the, the first tiger. The first animal style that you learn is the um, is the tiger because the tiger just comes at you with just no defense and just like starts walloping on you. And Todd's more of a dragon fighter, but he was whatever. But I was a leopard fighter. And what that means is, is that a leopard fighter is a counterfighter. A leper fighter lets you commit and then, um, strikes back and then gets, then kind of scoots out. Right. So it's like in and out, in and out. Right. And, uh, and not in a good way. And so he, so the, and I think it's funny is, is, so what I would do is when I would fight is I would let people commit, so that I would kind of figure out what their comfort range was. Cause people don't, they won't throw Usually they won't throw a kick or a punch at you outside their comfort range just because they just practice and you know, they're, they're, they're not doing these weird, you know, off balance extension kicks. Okay. So, um, I was like, all right, so I would just let you commit and I'd figure out what your range was. And then I would hit you back and I would just kind of scoot out and I was mobile and I just wasn't around. And so the thing is though, is that if someone, someone can force your hand because if they come at you, you know, like guns blazing and they want to, and now, especially that they want to grapple with you, um, then they can, it's not something where you're going to like bleed them out over time, right? Like you're not going to give like a death by a thousand cuts. So if you're going to be a counterfeiter like that, you have to, you have to go for a kill shot or, or, um, or you have to maim them. Right. So my favorite thing to do basically was in terms of, um, in terms of practicing was I would just practice kicking you in the knee and then I would just run away. Like that's, I would, that's, that's what, I, that's my, 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 there's my two, my, my two main things are, I have a lot of knockdowns too. So, cause what I would do is I would just like, I would just like, I would let you do your thing. I would counter with a knockdown or I'd just pretend to kick you in the knee and then I would just run away. And it's not, doesn't make for effect very fun fighting right because you can't really simulate that for real um so you know whatever that's my thing so that's that's my defense if you ever want to know if you're going to fight me what i'm going to do is i'm going to let you do something i'm going to kick you in the knee i'm going to maim your knee and then i'm just going to run away that's my defense because i just don't want to be around and uh and the thing is how does this relate to you in the building the classic american business well the one thing is that the classic american business when we talk about um we talk about The archetype of the classic American business. And anytime that you're talking about an archetype, an archetype possesses all of the positive attributes of whatever it is the archetype is of. Right. So, for example, um, the archetype of the, the savior or the prophet or whatever, it's like they always possess like the max amount of good things that a man can be. Okay. Um, or or you know, or a god or whatever, or the archetype of a football player, like they have all the the you know in in fiction, right? I'm t- we're talking in fiction, so um, they have all like think Hercules for example, okay? So that's a good one. So for like a mythological mythological hero, he has like strength and all that, you know. He has you know even his flaws kind of is is a is a good one because it's not it's like his hair, so. But so the the, the classical American business is when we talk about building a classic American business, what we're doing is we're talking about an ethos. We're talking about an archetype of the, of the, the things that make the classic American business great. And then you get to kind of pick and choose from that business, from that archetype, what applies to you and what you want to do. Okay. So same thing with martial arts, like martial arts is this giant system of fighting. Okay. And. For you, you pick what works best for you. So, me, I would be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I like this. I like this leopard counterfighting thing." I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna have to kind of go for a lot of kill shots or or um, maim shots to get out, right? Maybe some throws." Like, "Okay, got it." And so, like for me, and then that creates my fighting style. It's the same thing for the classic American business. For you, and one aspect I want you to think about though is the idea of being mobile. All right. So there used to be people that what they would do is if you you, you know these traveling salesmen, and some of them were bad, like snake oil salesmen, right? But some of them would just travel from town to town and they would sell something, right? Even if it was the classic, the classic traveling troupe of actors, right? So the movie Tombstone shows these actors that would go from town to town. They would put on shows and they would go to different, different, different places. That's a, that's a business, right? Um, that's a classic American business and they were mobile. And so, you know, the one thing is, is that like in Tombstone, the problem was in Tombstone is that they were the, the, the actors got into some trouble because they didn't get out of town soon enough, right? And so, um, they were mobile. So they had the two aspects of, they're the two aspects that were of their business that they had to have. They had to have discernment of when they get the F out of town. And they had to also have um, the ability to, which is to be mobile. And I'm telling this to you because you, you want your business to have some aspect of mobility to it. You want your business to have some aspect of mo- mobility to it. You don't want to have just like a brick and mortar where you um, are stuck in one place because that place can get hit by a hurricane. That place can get, get, um, you know, shut down like for different reasons in that state. Cause if you look at the, the, one of the most beautiful things about the United States is federalism. Okay. And the whole idea of federalism is that each state is a little lab and it, it kind of does its own thing for its own people. Cause the United States is huge. It's just gigantic. Um, and so, as a country, it's difficult to rule top down and say like, okay, well, what works in New York is going to work in Idaho. It just doesn't work that way because the people are different. The environment is different. One's a city, one's more rural. And so federalism allows the states to kind of figure out what's what. Well, what happens if you get stuck in a state where your business suddenly it becomes very not business friendly and they come in and they say, well, we're going to tax the crap out of you. We're going to start to, um, you know, we're going to start to do all this stuff with regards to the regular rules and regulations for your business. And so you're going to want to be able to um, have a mobile aspect of your business. And, and some of that, a lot of that will be online. If you have an online business that is a com- an online business component of your business, you can fulfill on that from anywhere really. Cause nobody, when someone's sitting in their underwear at two in the morning and they're purchasing something from you, be it a product an experience service widget, whatever, Um, you can, you can fulfill on that in a lot of different ways. So I'm not saying that you have to be completely online and completely mobile because that's not going to work for some of you. But what I would say is that if you haven't started to develop a mobile component to your business, then it would behoove you to start that mobile component today. And the other part of what I want you to think about is that, so let's say that you haven't started the mobile component of your business and you're like, Oh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do or whatever. And, and uh, so like, maybe you're going to start some kind of information product, whatever, that's fine. But what I also want you to do is I want you to think about on the fulfillment side is that not only is like, if you haven't started the mobile component of your business, like the online version of your business that you could start, you want to think about, well, where would I go to for fulfillment, right? To be able to fulfill on my business physically. So like if I had to so for example when we were in California and I was like well I kind of want to move and and this wasn't because of a business reason this was for some more personal reasons and where we wanted our family to be from and um you know we're like well California just doesn't kind of fit in the bill for us and so you know as I was working there I was starting to think about where we were going to move to. And so um so then we pressed the you know and then we pressed the eject button we moved to Virginia. So like you need to start thinking about if you haven't thought about those two things, uh, which is one is like I need to have I need to make my business mobile in some account that where I can do it anywhere. And then two where if I had to press the eject button on where my business is now, where would I go? And I want you to open your mind that it doesn't have to be in the United States. If you think that there's a better place for you and your family to live internationally and you can still fulfill in your business and it's a better for you, then you can open your mind. Maybe there is someplace internationally, right? I don't know. But you want to start thinking about that today. You want to make sure that you have an ability to make money from anywhere and then you want as part of your business. Now, you're not going to be you're not going to be able to make as much money. If you have a brick and mortar business, obviously you're not going to be able to make as much money, but you need to make sure that you can make enough money with your mobile part of your business that you can survive anywhere so that then you have options and you have leverage so that if you need to leave, you can leave. And then you're not stuck somewhere, right? And then just like in a fight, like if if you, if you get hurt, like if you hurt your leg, for example, in a fight and then you're not as mobile, then you have to stand there and trade punches, right? Because you can't, your leg is hurt. You can't get out. And so you have to just sit there and take it and your chances of success go down. And if someone bigger and stronger than you um, is there, trading punches with them is not a great idea. And if they're a lot bigger and stronger than you, then you're almost certain to lose. So the time to plan for those things is in advance and it's never too late. Like the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is 19 years, 364 days ago. A kind of okay time to plant a tree is today. So what I want you to start to do is think about like, all right, do I have a mobile component of my business? Yes. Okay, great. Let's say that you're already at that point. Then what I want you to figure out is, all right, where's my fallback fulfillment state? or country for that matter. So that if I suddenly become, if things become untenable for me here, if they start to raise the taxes, if they start to, they could even outlaw your business where you're at. So if, if you're in some types of business, you can do in some States and some types of businesses you can do in other States, you know, like if you're, if you're, um, if you're making like high capacity rounds for guns, I don't think you can do that. You can't sell that in California. So it's silly of you to have a business in a state where you can't even sell what you have in your own state. So who knows what they're going to outlaw in each different state. And that's the beauty of federalism. You know, it's like, I don't agree with everything that certain States do, but that's fine. That's good because then other States will do things that I do like, and I can vote with my feet. So just think about that. And, and thinking about like, you know, keeping your business mobile. And if you want to use the actor analogy for the classic American business, you know, you got a you, you're in New York City, New York City, you're in New York City, and you've got a, you know, the Broadway shows there. And then with the Broadway, you know, with the Broadway shows, um, then they have touring companies where they all pile on a bus and they all drive around. Right. And it's just like the old days in the West and they go to different parts and they bring the show to different parts of the country. Just think of that. And you can still do both. It's just that if something, you know, if like something was to happen and, you know, there was a big fire in New York and destroyed Broadway or whatever, and you'd still have your touring company. Okay. So this is an important component of the archetype of the classic American business. It's also a very important point for the framework of protect yourself, protect your family, protect your community. It's, it's the, the community is the most flexible of those three things right? Cause your community can change just like we were in Los Angeles three years ago and we're in Virginia beach today. Now Virginia beach is my community. You know, things change, things could happen. I could be in a totally different community three years from now, you just never know. Okay. So protect yourself, protect your family, protect your community. And part of that is having a mobile component to your business. Um, and that could either be actual physically mobile, like touring around like the, um, Broadway shows that center, touring groups out. Um, or it can be metaphysically, metaphysically, it could be, um, uh, theoretically mobile, like on the inter interweb. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger field journal. If you don't have a Ranger field journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, what I want you to do is take out your unicorn trapper keeper from the fifth grade and just simply write down, can I make my business more mobile? Question mark. And where is my backup fulfillment location? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, husband entrepreneurs, I know you want to escape the current understory that you're trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to need a creative clearing, a place to stand where you can make decisions in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course or coach or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast has the philosophy, but the daily emails have the insights. Raise your hand and say, I am over here. Let's light the lantern. Subscribe at understory.news. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.